We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the Atlanta Hawks, a rivalry that will not go away against two teams destined to win nothing more than a couple of playoff games at best, maybe even in the first round. Uh, and yet we have fun with it anyway, because this New York and Atlanta uh to the Mets fans out there listening, I don't have to tell you why New York-Atlanta is such a big rivalry. And who else better to talk about this rivalry than someone who has been uh, front row and seen and called with his own voice and seen with his own two eyes every Hawks game for the past 2,872 that have been played. And that's Steve Holman, the legendary play-by-play voice on the radio for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he was kind enough to join me for about half an hour to talk about this Hawks season and this turnaround over the past couple of games. The winners of four in a row, the Atlanta Hawks. Suddenly, how, how winning has cured all of the, the rumors and the, the dysfunction that seemed to be there. Um, we know a little bit something like that. On the day we thought Tibbs was going to get fired was the day one of an eight game winning streak. I'll be curious to see uh, how this next little stretch operates before we get into the Knicks Hawks connections, which are obvious. Uh, this this upcoming stretch might be a little difficult for the Knicks, even this game against an Aneka Okongwu and Clint Capella, because they'll be doing it without Mitch Robinson, who is out for the next three weeks at minimum. He broke a bone in his thumb. On, on Wednesday night against Washington and had surgery on it to repair it and will be out for the next three weeks. That's when he will be reevaluated. I think it's a safe bet to say he will not be uh, available until after the All-Star break. The Knicks have two centers that one people didn't want to play as much anymore. They also have Jericho Sims, who I think is more than serviceable, but we will see how he is used. It'd also be curious to see with a, with Robinson out and this issue that they've had with having uh, five, six players for five spots with Emmanuel quickly coming off the bench. If this leads to Emmanuel quickly getting more time with the starters, especially down the stretch, uh, does leave them a little small, but um, we'll see what, what they decide to do. I'm also very curious if 
how this impacts or at least speeds up the trade market in the meantime. Um, Knicks-Hawks connections. This should be pretty obvious. Two years ago, the Knicks played a playoff series in the first round against the Atlanta Hawks that Atlanta won in five games. Some might have seen this coming, but we don't acknowledge the correct predictions that I make on this podcast. We just acknowledge the bad ones, and they are plentiful as well. Don't worry. Um, there's uh, a playoff series in 1999. Uh, for those who weren't around or don't don't remember this, so the 99 playoffs features two legendary playoff series in Knicks history, a five-game series against the Miami Heat, where Allen Houston hit a running jumper with eight tenths of a second left for the Knicks to win game five, 78 to 77. I'm doing that all from memory, by the way. Uh, it is a game that I I remember like it was yesterday, um, running around my living room after Houston hit that shot. And uh, it was the second time ever that an eight seed had ever defeated a one seed. Um, then two series later, they played the Indiana Pacers and won in six games. Uh, the first, First time an eight seed had ever made the NBA Finals. This is where the Larry Johnson four point play happened, and the um, uh, injury to Patrick Ewing also occurred in Game Two, uh, forcing him to to have his season end. And then who knows what might have happened um, against the Spurs had he been available for the Finals. What some people forget is this four game sweep of the Hawks that the Knicks completed in the the middle of that in the second round against the four seed Atlanta Hawks. The Knicks pretty easily won in four and and started to look like a very formidable opponent for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, the other big Atlanta connections uh, are obvious. The, the Cam Reddish trade that happened last year and. Uh, Steve asks about about Cam and what's happened and the DMPs that he's had. Um, the Knicks uh, last year traded Kevin Knox, who wasn't playing, for Cam Reddish, who then became someone who wasn't playing, uh, as well as a first a protected first round pick that belonged to Charlotte that the Hawks then used in a trade for Dejounte Murray, along with two unprotected of their own first round picks. Um, so. It'll be be curious to see a if if Cam gets up off the bench finally tomorrow. My bet is a no, and um, you know if he's on the team tomorrow come game time. Uh, this reports that he might make him the Knicks might make a move uh, that includes him and potentially a former Nick and Reggie Bullock. Are are curious to see, uh, and then the last one that some might not even know is that Landry Fields, former Nick has joined the Hawks front office. And since he joined the Hawks front office, they're 4-0. So the secret to the Hawks' success is clearly a former Nick uh, starting guard, starting forward. I'll always remember Landry Fields as the guy that several many Knicks fan on the internet told me that he should be untouchable in a Carmelo Anthony trade because in a few years he will be better than Carmelo Anthony. Not the first and not the last time that a young player on the Knicks was judged um, a little too highly, a little too prematurely, but um, he's clearly found himself a home um, out of the league, but in, I guess off the court, but in a front office and, you know, I'm rooting for him, even though I'm kind of not because I, I would like the Knicks to win on Friday night. Uh, the tall task, because this is an Atlanta Hawks team coming in winners of four straight and let's hear from the guy who's seen all four of them front row and has been able to call all of them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the 
voice of the Atlanta Hawks, play-by-play radio legend Steve Holman. Enjoy. Joining me now on the latest edition of the Knicks Film School pregame pod with the Knicks headed down to the ATL to take on the rival Atlanta Hawks. It made sense to get one of the legendary voices of the Atlanta Hawks to help me talk about this team. And while they are below the Knicks in the standings, that might not be for much longer the way they are playing lately. Uh, The legendary voice of 38 seasons in Atlanta uh, it's Mr. Steve Holman. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure as always. I always like to be with you guys. I appreciate that. And yes. listen, as somebody who obviously has to acknowledge that this has become a rivalry the past couple yes. of years, although You're right, it, Andrew. Yes. The, yeah. the attention does seem to be more about solely when Trey plays at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I am I'm intrigued by this matchup of two teams that are lower in, or I guess closer to the middle of the Eastern conference, but yeah, well, you know, it's, there are so many teams right now that are, that are battling for that number six spot. Yep. I mean, you could say pretty much the top five are, are pretty much locked in. Although Cleveland's had some, some trouble recently, Uh, but it's, it's basically all the teams that are six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 are basically battling for that number six spot. I mean, you get in the play ins if you're seven, eight, nine, 10, but nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to be in the number six spot. Yeah, no, no Knicks or Hawks fan probably wants to hear it, but if whoever misses out on that six spot, we'll probably just create a very fun and entertaining playing game for you know the rest of the NBA that doesn't have well, to sweat you know, out the single elimination it. game. We had to do it last year, and it, right. was, it was basically two uh, game sevens is what it amounted to. Uh, you know, the, the Hawks had to play uh, against Cleveland in Cleveland mm-hmm. to advance into that number six spot. Uh, the game before that, they played Charlotte and won that one. But it, it's it's pretty grueling to have to be in that situation. Uh, and that's why they want to try to avoid that again, because by the time they made it into the, the number six spot and had to play Miami, they didn't have a whole lot left in the tank, you know, and lost in five games in that series. So it, it's very important to try to get into that top six. And, you know, I think everybody wants to be playing their best basketball now or in the second half of the season. And uh, the Hawks certainly have played – uh, they're playing their best right now that they've played all season. Uh, it's starting to all come together the way they thought it would with with Trey and, and DeJounte Murray playing together in the backcourt. They've had uh, three straight terrific games. They've won four in a row now and, and really playing well. And that game last night that they played in Dallas was was outstanding. Uh, you know, Trey had 12 assists in that game, didn't have his highest scoring game. DeJounte had, had most of the points. But I thought, uh, and I told Trey on the postgame show after the, afterwards that you know, I thought he played his best game of the year last night mm. uh, and it, it didn't have to be a 40 point game or, you know, he just controlled it. He ran the ran the offense uh, and he was a true point guard last night and, and, it, and it worked out nicely. So is that what you what you would attribute most to this this turnaround over the past couple of games that it's just that they're finally getting used to playing together? Is there a, a health? Um, uh, they're well, finally they're, healthy. They're, yeah, I mean, like everybody, the Hawks have had a lot of, uh, you know, injury problems. Bogey Bogdanovich missed the first 20 games or so of the season. Clint Capella has been in and out of the lineup. He just got back in. He's had a calf injury. Uh, so, but everybody goes through it. You know, it's the NBA. It's the way it is. Uh, but, but this is the first time, uh, that they've been totally healthy, the full roster. Uh, and, and I think there's only been four games all season where they've had the full roster healthy and, and these last four have been them. So. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of going going well right now. The the young center on Yeka Congo, who was the number six pick several years ago, 
uh, had to start a lot of games because, you know, Clint Capello was out and, and it's been worked out nicely because he's got some great experience. He's really played well. And the Hawks rookie, uh, A.J. Griffin, has really come on strong. And uh, he's just a, a, a terrific kid. And, you know, uh, his dad played, Adrian, who's a coach with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, and he's been around the game for a long time. And he gets out there. He's 19. He's not going to be 20 until August. And he doesn't play like a 19-year-old. I mean, he really is pretty savvy out there. Well, so let's start with with Trey. And, and then we'll eventually make our way to DeJounte. Although they, this conversation that I want to start with is kind of both of them combined. Uh, and it's the all-star conversation. And I, I wonder how Hawks fans feel. We, uh, the, uh, of course, in New York have... Uh, Jalen Brunson, who's been in the conversation, and, and right. Julius Randle lately, who, especially yeah. the month of December, who has really made it, made it at least part of the conversation that he should uh, be considered to go there. Right. Um, are Hawks fans just as passionate that despite how the season has gone, these two guys should absolutely be all stars this year? Well, I, you know, I think the the fans here are, are, are voting for both of them, and I think that you know they they both deserve it. But, you, you know, you, you give up a little bit to be playing together the way they are. Uh, you know, both of them have been all-stars. Uh, both were all-stars last year, uh, but you give a little, take a little to get the two of them together. And I think they've sacrificed, both of them have uh, a little bit of their game to the point maybe where, you know, they won't make the all-star team. Uh, I think Trey is, uh, the, the, the new numbers just came out. I think Trey is fifth right now uh, in the, in the guards or, yeah whatever, but um, you know, it's up to the coaches, I think at this point now, because the, the, the fan vote, you know how that is. It's kind of a popularity contest and uh, you know, Luca's going to get all those votes anyway, whether anybody's seen him play or not, uh, you know, all year because they watch ESPN and that's all they hear about is Luca Doncic and you know, <laughs> n- nobody else exists. So, <laughs> you know, but that's the way it is, but I don't think they really, I mean, it's not that they don't care. They'd like to be on the all-star team, certainly, but I think that they really feel as though, uh, to be able to sacrifice a little bit of that to to be winning and turn this turn it around the second half of the season and, and make some noise in the playoffs would be more important to both of them. Yeah, I we're doing a Patreon pod tomorrow that we're going to predict our All Star teams and pick both of them. And I've been impressed with with how how better they've played lately. There were some efficiency issues, but of course I'm outside looking in, so I can't. Right with the benefit of seeing every minute that they've played. Well, they just went season. three and a half. They went three and a half full games uh, without uh, trailing in a game. They, mm-hmm. they had the lead through, you know, wire to wire. Wow. Yeah. Wire to wire three straight games. So uh, it, it, it's been working lately. And and now that, like I say, everybody's healthy, it's been, it's been very good. Uh, so it's going to be interesting when the two teams play, uh, you know, but uh, Robinson's out for a while when he broke his thumb last night. Yeah, right? he fractured his fractured a bone in his thumb. He was yeah, like he's, so. he was been an offensive rebound machine lately. Oh yeah, which, I mean that's and that's been one yeah. of the things the Hawks have had you know some trouble with is offensive rebounds for the other teams. But with Clint Capella back, that helps. But but uh, Mitchell Robinson, he, he's been he's been really good against us all the time. So that, that's a, that's kind of a big blow, I think, for you guys. It is, it is, and we're we're reacting as if it is a big blow <laughs> here in New York. And it's it's funny the the Knicks have had the benefit of not having too many major injuries. Now Jalen Brunson did miss like a couple games with a bad hip. R.J. Barrett had this very weird laceration of his finger where he went to like try to steal the ball from Luca. He caught Luca's fingernail and it like severed a tendon 
in his right. fingers. So it was, it was other than that, they've had some pretty good injury luck. I this guess Luka needs to go get a, get a manicure. Maybe uh, listen, we called him Wolverine after that, that we couldn't understand like how something as simple as that is what had RJ Barrett out for a couple of weeks. Um, but I digress. Um, I quick aside from the Knicks uh, Hawks preview. I, the Luca trade dynamic in Atlanta. I'm I'm curious by it. Like trade, I, I heard an interview with with Quavo once of uh, of Migos that, right. um, like he's he, a regular he, in our games. Yeah, like, like he, he, always here. He, he uh he said that like Trey needed to come to Atlanta because like he would have he I don't know if Luca would have matched well for the city and that's always stood out to me that maybe Luca is the better player but Trey's better for Atlanta. Is there like a rivalry still from the Hawks fans perspective that well, you know, is in defensive Trey? I mean, if you if you look at Twitter, I mean, there's it, it's very passionate among the fans. I mean, there's mm-hmm. the Luca people, not just in Atlanta, but I mean, everybody. There, there's the Luca camp. There's a Trey camp. Uh, and and they both want to just basically pee on each other all the time on Twitter <laughs> and everything. Yes. And, and, and the funny thing is that, that Luca and Trey are buddies. I mean, they're really, they're, they're close. I mean, they're good friends. They were hugging last night. You saw them there. They were laughing a few times at different things. So, uh, you know, they look at it that way, but as far as, you know, the trade itself, uh, you know, the, the Hawks got Cam Reddish in that deal at number 10, and it looked like that was going to be a real winning, you know, winning uh, deal for them. And now Cam, I guess he's not uh, Thibodeau's not letting him off the bench, right? Is that the? Uh, I so it's it's funny. He got a a good start to the season because Quentin Grimes was injured. Then Evan right. Fournier kind of played himself out of the rotation. And when Cam got pushed to the bench because Quentin Grimes was yeah. taking the next step to be a starter, Cam's play just dropped significantly. Right. And there's there's just one I game. Just working, I was just working on tomorrow night's game, and I yeah. I, I was a little surprised by how many DNPs uh, were on that box score from last night. So uh, this is said with very little insider information. There's there's hints of it. But from what we are guessing at this point is an agreement has been made above Thibodeau's head, whether it's with with player, front office, agent, um, coach, that they're going to find him a new home. It just didn't work out here. And that that's the best guess. I. I'm personally wondering how Evan Fournier was allowed to get a second chance and Cam Reddish wasn't. They actually could really use a playmaking stretch three, four um, on in the backup unit right now, which has been putrid sure. for a couple of weeks. They're winning with yeah. since since then. It's literally that inflection point right. of the Dallas game where he last played. They're fifteen and seven, something like that, since then. But I can't attribute all of that to they benched Cam and now they're good, you know. So yeah, I, yeah. well, and Evan Fournier too. I mean, he in all these years he played against the Hawks, you know, when he was with Orlando, and I mean, he always he always killed the Hawks, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so I'm surprised he's not playing. I mean, we don't, you know, I don't see you guys play all the time like you do, but uh, a guy like Fournier, I mean, he he's always been pretty good, I thought. But uh, you know, it's, coaches are coaches are funny that way, you know. They, yeah. Uh, they decide what they want to do and who they want to play. And, uh, you, you know, they certainly know more than we do. That's for sure. Well, the, the Fournier thing was, it wasn't as surprising. I'll say he showed up this season a step slow. I have no idea what to attribute that to because he, he played international ball during his, his summer off. So I don't know if that specifically had something to do with it, but when 
the one thing that he was like brought here to do is be a, a shooter and like shoot 40% from the field. And he wasn't even doing that consistently. Right. And then the defense just, it, it, it tailed off significantly. And then you have uh, a wing like Quentin Grimes coming and being their primary point of attack defender. I think you'll see him a lot on Trey and DeJounte uh, tomorrow night. Um, yeah. but it just, I like him too. I mean, you know, I mean, all, all of these guys, every time we play the, the Knicks, you know, I always say, gee, these guys, you know, get quickly is always mm-hmm. good against us too. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that, that guy is really, I, I I'm very impressed by him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like I say, coaches, coaches, you know, they, they decide what they're going to do. And sometimes they get into a little groove of their own of what they want to do. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've been, uh, he's Thibodeau's certainly been successful over his career. And, uh, you know, it's hard to argue with. It's it's hard to. And yet that won't stop people sometimes. Yeah, the results, at least of that, they're winning. I think we have reached a point of exploring some other options. The bench has been been bad for a couple of weeks, which, you know, this, this Robinson injury yeah. might cause them to get a little more creative, which might lead to the, the trade market. And that's actually a good segue because aside from the the hotter takes out there of a blow it up trade that the mm. Hawks apparently were supposed to make a couple of weeks ago, um, what are the fringe trades that they might be looking into? I know John, I, you know, I, John I Collins know has been where. mentioned in name in, in talks, I think, for like three years. Yeah, and he's still John, at Atlanta John Hawks. It keeps getting mentioned all the time. And and really, I don't think a lot of it, it comes out of Atlanta. I mean, I think it's just these this perception that some of these national writers get. Uh, and you know, some of them, I mean, the, the, they don't, they don't watch the Hawks play. I mean, they, you know, they, they wouldn't know some of the Hawks players in a lineup or if they were in the same elevator with them, you know what I mean? <laughs> but they, they all come along with these assumptions and they say things and, uh, you know how all the national TV shows are, they all have to say something about everything. So until anything happens, I mean, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to leave it into the hands of. You know Landry Fields, the 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 former uh, Nick Legend, former Landry. Nick Legend, yeah. Yes, <laughs> and uh, you know he's in charge of things right now with us, and uh, he's doing a great job. And uh, you know since he took over, look, we're four and zero since he took over. So, uh, so that was the secret. I mean, he's, they're all you know they're all working together, the whole front office thing, and that you know they're all, like everybody else, they're taking calls every day, I'm sure. But uh, one of the great things about me, for me, is they don't tell me anything, so. Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I'll wait and see what happens, and I mm-hmm. I call the games for the players that we have on the on the team. For over thirty years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award winning, hard hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100, or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212 212- Three six 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 one zero zero. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Just looking at the past couple couple of games, are they are they like settling on like a an eight nine man rotation? I, I saw Johnson only played six minutes last night, but is, yeah, well, is that what they've been things. going with? Nate McMillan talked about that that you know because of the injuries, guys were getting a lot more minutes. Uh, and Jalen Johnson was one of those guys who's been very good. He's very active when he gets into the games, but it's a situation where you know with with Bogey Bogdanovich back now, he's getting those minutes. He's the first off the bench. And guys like Aaron Holiday, you know, their minutes have been cut way back. Justin Holiday uh, has been cut way back. So uh, Nate's thing is, you know, you guys just have to be ready all the time. And and when it's time for you to step in, you step in. Like Jalen Johnson last night only played a few minutes, but he hit a big, he hit a huge three-point shot uh, for the Hawks. So, uh, it, you know, he contributed. But, but it's basically settling in now, I think, to the eight, nine-man rotation, which, you know, most of the teams at this point of the season get into and, uh, certainly the bench tightens up once the playoffs come around. So uh, th- this is probably the rotations that we're going to see for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think I've I've hinted at it throughout this conversation that I'm not I'm not super confident in the Knicks' uh, chances <laughs> tomorrow night. And I'm just I'm going through some of the box scores lately of you know having a, a weapon like Bogey off the bench and well, Hawks back- had, the Hawks have had the Hawks have had as you you know you know so well. I mean. The Hawks have had a lot of trouble with the Knicks in regular season games. In regular season games, yes. 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 I mean, the Knicks have always, you know, done really well against them. And, and Julius Randle's always had big games. I mean, it wasn't until that five-game playoff series that, the you know, the Hawks kind of figured him out a little bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you take that away and they're always, you know, and there'll be, there'll be a lot of Knicks uh, jerseys in the audience, too. Like, you know, there are, I guess, everywhere the Knicks go. I mean, uh, because 
we kind of are a, a melting pot city here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, there aren't too many native Atlantans. Uh, there are more and more now uh, than there were when I first got here, you know, 40 years ago to Atlanta. But uh, there's still, you know, you'll still see the Knicks fans tomorrow night and in, in pretty good force. And uh, and they're not afraid to make some noise either, as you know. Yes, I've, <laughs> I'm well aware of our, our nature for being loud and rem- yes. rambunctious, especially right. on the road. Yeah, the Knicks, Knicks fans are low-key like Cowboys fans, they're everywhere. You know, oh, yeah, they yeah. don't have the success or the reason to still be as loud and, and rambunctious, but um, yeah, it, it, it works similarly. Um, so yeah, Corey, I was to see the, the, the fat guys come in with the Willis Reed jerseys on. Yes, you know, yeah. yes. <laughs> the Walt Clyde Frazier jerseys yeah, coming right. in. Maybe yeah. some Bernard Kings working is, is there, in there. Tomorrow night? Is he is he doing the so, game? I don't know because he doesn't travel as much as he used to. It, it's you know, he's from Atlanta. Him, Yes, you know, I do know that. Yeah, so yeah. He likes to come here. Uh, yeah, I'm, so he maybe that is maybe you know, that is something the, he'll he do. He was an analyst. Know. He was an analyst with the Hawks TV. Uh, oh, that I didn't know in the '80s. And you know who he worked with in a lot of games? Who? John Sterling. Oh, the voice of the Yankees. John used go. to do our TV. So he, he used to be the Braves. Yes, that's right. He used to be the Braves announcer. He right? did the Braves, and he did the Hawks. Yeah, he did. So I, I would do radio. He would do TV. Uh, ah. So yeah, we John's got a good connection, and so does so, so does Clyde Frazier. Yeah, I'm I'm a Mets fan. He's still got so relatives here in Atlanta, so he likes to see his sister and things like that when he comes in. So gotcha. I always Met- I always look forward to seeing him. I'm a Mets fan, so John Sterling. There's a bit of a rivalry because I I prefer more Gary Cohen, but I and, and Howie Rose. But I acknowledge oh, you know, the legend Andrew, that uh, is. You know, Andrew, you just have to uh, accept the fact that uh, yeah. you know, John <laughs> does the Yankees, and uh, that's the way it goes. Yes, that is John Sterling to a T. Um, I, I I'm curious tomorrow night if um. How much the rivalry will matter, you know, because like this season, we're so far removed from that playoff series, yet it keeps coming up that like the Knicks are playing the Hawks. And um, do you think from Hawks fans, like they circle the Knicks on the calendar, at least the Hawks players, even do they circle the Knicks on the calendar? You know, not so. I I think fans do to a certain extent. I don't think players really look beyond what their next game is. I Mm. mean, to tell you the truth, I think that they focus in so much on, their preparation that they have to do. Uh, you know, the games come so hot and heavy. I mean, we've had a lot of road games this month of January. And right after these two games this weekend, uh, Hawks play the Knicks tomorrow night. And then Saturday night, they play Charlotte. And then it's off to uh, Chicago and, and uh, Oklahoma City next week. So, I mean, that's the way the games go. And the coaches and the players, and they're always looking at the next film. And uh, so the, the rivalry thing, I don't really think, comes into play for players is as much as it does for fans, but fans get jacked up for it for sure. Do you, have, is, has it always been like that? Like, is this something that has changed as it's become more of a, not as not that it's a bad thing, but like an individualized sport, like throughout your time, have you seen like the rivalries, the team versus team rivalries start to go away a little more? Um, I think in a certain, in a certain way it has only because of like AAU basketball and, you know, guys that have like the same agents uh, and the, the the Adidas guys all hang out and then the Nike guys all hang out and everybody's friends. You know, mm-hmm. that's the to me, that's the biggest change over the years. And and guys like Walt Fraser and, and Dominique, who does our TV, you know, I mean, uh, Dominique cringes sometimes when he sees all these guys hugging and everything else before games. And, you know, like we used to battle each other. You know, mm-hmm. that was what. Uh, 
So I think that's different uh, than, it, than it was because there are so many so many uh, relationships now between agents, players and, and, and shoe companies and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's the biggest one of the biggest takeaways I had from when the last dance came out that like Carmelo and Michael Jordan were shaking hands behind the scenes, like while they were take, like passing each other to go to the post game press conference, you know, right. and I, and in my perspective as a fan that just was watching NBC at the time, oh, these guys hated each other. It was it was yeah. all blood on the. On they the did. I mean, back in that day, they did. I mean, like, you know, to go back to Dominique is pretty much my point of reference on a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and Carl Malone never spoke. I mean, they, they had uh, the whole time they played. They never really mm. spoke. And they just got uh, when when we put Dominique statue up uh, in Atlanta. Uh, I don't know what, seven, eight years ago now. Uh, Carl Malone came into town for that. And it was the first time that they really and he surprised Dominique by coming in. And it was the first time they had really had a close you know, relationship. And now every time they go to all star games and they have the legends breakfast and the legends dinner and everything, they're like the best buddies now. But when they played, it was, you know, it was it was it was not what what it is now as far as the the players uh, being buddies with players. That's fair. And in, in in the hindsight of of post your playing days, I guess the the rivalry is kind of kind of calmed down. Um well, one rivalry that at least for me still exists is New York Atlanta. I mentioned being a Mets fan and did not enjoy how the baseball season ended no. this year. Um but uh as far as basketball is concerned, this should be a, a good barometer for the, the toughness and the, the will of this Knicks team being man down, coming coming in losers of two straight. Um, as far as how you see it, um, well, why you know, are they winning at home? That's what I. Like. It's it's the weirdest thing because they're not getting blown out at home. It's not like right. they're like last night against the the Wizards. It just looked like a tired team, and yeah. this goes partially to Thibodeau not trusting the bench. It's also partially to him not having people on the bench to trust, and so right. as a result, he's he's going full Nick Nurse with it and playing a yeah. ton of ton of minutes from his starters and last night while they played poorly they'd also looked like a lot of tired legs a lot of a step slow on a lot of possessions and like this season they've had so many thrillers go down to the wire uh what about Derek Rose what's uh uh, father listen again in way better shape than I am here on this podcast so I don't want to comment on like the nature of of his physical fitness he has it, it, Father Time has looked undefeated against yeah, him this right. this season. It, he's he, a pro, though. I bet you know when when push comes to shove in a big game, uh, like let's say in the if if he's if he's not traded or whatever, but if he's he's there around playoff time, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play a, a a role. I mean, that's just me from knowing you know watching Derrick Rose and, and seeing him play against the Hawks all these years. But well, also Thibodeau would would vouch for Rose in, in any chance that he he could. So I it's I will say this the the when Jalen Brunson had that injury and then Emmanuel quickly not Emmanuel quickly then RJ Barrett had that injury. They brought Derrick Rose and um Evan Fournier back into the rotation temporarily. Right. And when when uh it was time for like Jalen Brunson came back to choose one, Tibbs originally chose Derrick Rose. And yeah. then the next game it was reported that Derrick Rose was out with some, some knee soreness or some type of contusion and Fournier went back into rotation. And we have some reporting that suggests that the front office was like, we're going to shelf Derrick Rose, your favorite player that's maybe ever played basketball ever. So that um, Evan Fournier. See, those are all the things we, 
Like I try, I don't get involved in any of that kind of, you know. Right. Like, right. Yeah. I, I, I admittedly it's, it's not, I, I don't, I don't know. We, we have a kind of a, a creed here at, at Nick's film school that we're, there's so much that goes behind the scenes that we don't know. So we're trying to just go off of what we can prove. Right. And this leads to some pushback when people criticize the head coach. Yeah. Um, but see, you have to, I mean, you, you have to kind of let the basketball people do their thing and you kind of, especially a job like, you know, I have and the, and the play-by-play guys have, you know, you do the games, you know, and, and, and if you start trying to figure the, all that other stuff out, it, it doesn't get you very far. So you're better mm-hmm. off just to go ahead and call the games, who's playing, uh, when they're playing, and, uh, you know, let all the rest of that stuff get all sorted out. Well, I'll say this. the It might be surprising, the, the Derrick Rose DNPs, the Fournier and the Cam DNPs. And for a while, it was like, is this an admitted, like, L for the front office that... Uh, these these free agents that they brought in are not seeing seeing time, and yet like they were winning. So it's it's yeah. tough. They've looked like a different basketball team since December third, and right. this is going to be the first big test for them playing an Atlanta team that's coming in playing really well, or at least going to Atlanta when with an Atlanta team that's playing really well. As you mentioned, like Dejounte and Trey starting to figure it out. I think uh, might be some bad news for the rest of the league because um, this is <laughs> is this like what what was projected at the, when the trade was made that when the trade, when the trade happened, I mean, this is what everybody imagined the way they've played in the last, you know, three or four games. And, and they really have kind of figured it out together. And, you know, and people say, well, how did it take 40 games? But, you know, they had flashes of it early, but then the injuries changed a lot of the rotations. Uh, they weren't playing together as much on the floor. Like one would play and then, then the other would come in and, and then, like right now, it's basically they play together at the first part of the game, the first six, seven minutes, uh, and then Trey will go out. He'll come back in. Dejounte will go out, and then when it when it's crunch time at the end, the last six, eight minutes of the game, like last night, they played together and they were really good together. So I think they're getting the more healthy the team gets, the more opportunities they're going to have to be able to play together uh, on the floor at the same time. I think this will be a place where we wrap up as far as expectations for this season. We're concerned when you make a big trade like that for, for DeJounte, um, like what did, what did, what did you think coming in? Like is, no, I, is, we were all excited. I mean, I'm, I'm still pretty excited about what they're going to be able to do. Uh, I, I think when the season started, people, uh, fans especially were, were maybe had higher expectations than, uh, you know, they looked at this, say, Oh, we're bringing in another all-star. So we're going to, you know, win so many games. So, but it takes a while. Uh, the Eastern Conference, too, by the way, as you know now, is it, it? I think it's stronger than the West right now. I mean, from top to bottom, uh, so it's going to be hard. I mean, you look at the standings. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable how many teams are right within three or four or five games of each other, and uh, it's all going to shake out in these last forty games. So it's going to be going to be fun to watch. I think stressful, but yes, hopefully, yes, hopefully, yeah. fun, hopefully fun to watch. Yes. Um, yeah, there's like from six through about 11 or 12 is uh, you can expect anything from. Yeah. I mean, surprise Toronto. I mean, you you might think that they're, they might kick it in too pretty soon. And if they do, Mm -hmm. uh, Bradley Beal's back now for Washington, so they could win some games and uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see in Chicago. I mean, we've been waiting for them all year, right. To, to, to to play better than they have. Uh, So they may, they may start to really play well too. So, you start getting all these teams in there, it's going to be really tough to see uh, who's going to get that number six spot. And even the five now, too, is, you know, Cleveland's what, 
16, 17. I guess they've lost 17. So, I mean, you know, it's still within striking distance for a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. Toronto and, and Washington, the Knicks' most recent two losses at Madison. Right. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, those are two teams that could really start to come on in the last part of the season. Yeah, I think that's what's led to the... While the Knicks haven't been able to, to come away with some victories, it's what's led to so many close, thrilling games against these Eastern Conference opponents. Right. They had a Bulls game go down to the wire, a Pacers game go down to the wire. The yeah. Buc- yeah. Both Bucks games even went down to the wire, so... Right, um, right. You yeah, know, all, every Eastern Conference game is pretty good right now, and it's it's kind of fun to watch all these rivalries. It's funny the the yeah. two the two games against the, the the Hawks that they've played, neither have been close. The Hawks no, they did, haven't been, no. did turn a twenty point deficit into like a twenty point win, but then the other one was was a blowout after Dejounte right. got hurt. Yeah, so the, it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. Um, Steve, you've you've been outstanding with your time. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, what would you like to right. plug before you get out of here? What's that? What would you like to plug before you get out? Oh, of here? I, I, I don't have any books. I don't have any. Okay. Uh, I don't have any podcasts or anything. I just do the games. You know. Okay. You still enjoy it? I, I love it. I look forward okay. to every night. I mean, this is. I've done uh, tomorrow night's going to be two thousand eight hundred and seventy three consecutive games. Man, the Iron Man season and playoffs. Yeah, there's, without there's, a miss. So I've, I've never missed one. So. I'll, I'll, so I'll, I. Knock on wood. Um, knock on wood. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. Do you have a number that you're like? I need to get to this number. I wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, Chick Hearn holds the record for mm-hmm. the consecutive games, which is like 3,300. Okay, so, so that's. Yeah, I think that's I have a shot at it. You know, I. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I'm in pretty good physical shape, and uh, I walk six miles every day to try to you know keep the keep the ticker going and. Uh, and I and I love it and being around all these young guys. I mean, it's it's terrific. You know, it makes me feel younger, and uh, and I just look forward to every night, just like it was my first night. So it's uh, it's still fun, and it's uh, I'll do it as long as they let me. <laughs> well, uh, you're a, clearly a real legend in this industry, and uh, I thank you so much for for giving a, a New Yorker some time, uh, <laughs> despite the rivalry. Uh, yeah. Steve, you're amazing. Thank you for ha- thank you for coming on. Andrew, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Anytime you need me, just uh, you know where to find me. Will do. A huge thank you to Steve Holman for coming on today's show. Greatly appreciate it. Good luck on chasing the record, my man. That was uh that was an honor to to be able to talk to a legend in this industry. Um, and I wish you all the best and we'll be paying attention to your Twitter bio to see if you update that number after every game. Uh the Knicks play the Hawks on Friday night at 7 30. Um, John will be on the post game, win or lose. I know which one I want, and I know which one I'm worried will be. Uh, but John and APJP will be uh, there to take you uh, through a post game. And then, of course, it'll be here on the podcast feed afterwards. Um, that'll do it for me. If you dig the show, as always, five-star rating and a review on iTunes. If you watch it on YouTube, please like and subscribe the video. Um, subscribe to the channel, like the video. Uh, and if you want to leave a five-star rating, again, just Claudio sucks, five stars or Hashtag Claudio curse. That's what it's got to be. Put hashtag Claudio curse and then just make sure it's a five star rating. I, it would, I would love it if just there was like three five star ratings that are just hashtag Claudio curse. Then someone stumbles upon the podcast and is like, whoa, what is, what does that mean? And then it's just an inside joke that's never explained. Um, that'll, that, that, that'll make my weekend if I suddenly see that pop up on the feed. Okay, I'm rambling. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. Until next time, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, and I'll speak with you soon.